It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Michael Ball, Ben Stanley, and Matt Neal. Ballie, Everton 1, Liverpool 4, a nightmare at Goodison Park in the Merseyside derby. What are your thoughts? Yeah, very disappointed again. Um, you go into the ground... No ex- expectations really, but you just hope that <clears throat> we can sort of be a team, get together and make it difficult for them. We, we know they're a better side. Um, we have to play the perfect game to get something out of it. Um, but unfortunately, they were the team who started very lively, very quickly. 
uh, before the game, sorry, you know, you've seen the lineup and you're trying to second guess what Rafa was going to do. And I was, I was very concerned when I never seen the three in midfield. You know, I think the lads on this podcast have spoke about packing that midfield, especially you know, without the core. Right? But I just thought against the Liverpool side, pack that midfield and get to core to sort of get in the box when needed going forward. And it was very obvious, I thought, from the first couple of minutes that, you know, the extra man Liverpool playing three in middle, we had two. We played far too deep our back line. So Alan, the Cody couldn't get anywhere near them and they just dictated us. But what really, really disappointed me was we got bullied. I, I don't really mind getting beat by a team who can sort of outplay you and outclass you at football because they are a better team and, and better individuals. But to get bullied in your own park, that's the most embarrassing uh, for me. Um, I was really concerned going into the, going to Goodison and how the fans would react. We all knew it was going to be a massive game for Rafa. Um, even when he first comes to the club, you know, this is where he's going to get judged, how he's going to set up against, you know, that side. And, and unfortunately, it's it came round. We knew, we, 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 we hoped we weren't going to get embarrassed. And we knew as soon as it kicked off, they started singing. The embarrassment come for being a blue, you know, was, was shocking. Um, but look, as the game went on, we got into it. Uh, we got to 2-1 and you, you, you have that belief you, you, you're bouncing up and down that the fans were fantastic getting behind the team you know, you're pushing the boys on um, but just our lack of quality our decision making just lets us down you know and it baffles me really like the corners let, sorry let's go back to the free kick you get a free kick and you know Townsend it, I was right behind it it looked like a decent free kick Van Dijk got his head on it we got a corner 30 seconds later with 3-1 down but it's not the first time we've struggled on corners at Goodison. But why haven't we got a blue shirt at the front post just in case we underhit it and flick it on? It's the sort of basics of common sense. It doesn't seem to get spotted or, you know, or get recognised that, look, OK, if we, if we underhit it, at least we've got a blue shirt on, we can flick it back into the box and hopefully win the second ball. We don't. And it's only this morning when I watched the game again to sort of analyse each goal that Salah was in their box. I thought he was in the middle of the pitch somewhere. You know, he's ran past Alan. Alan's ball watching. He could have blocked him. You know, Damari Gray took a bad touch, bad pass, but Seamus under trouble. Seamus made the wrong decision, tried to control it. It's three or four individual errors that's led to that goal, you know, and the Ben Godfrey one uh, for Salah's first goal. Again, individual errors. That sort of, it's very difficult to manage, but it's down to the players taking a bit of responsibility and and picking the right moments to kick the ball into Rosette, resettle, reshape. We know it's going to be difficult. But we seem to have, like, we have a fullback there taking six or seven touches, going for runs and mazes. Just have a thought in your mind before the ball comes to you, control it and pass to the teammate. That's what you do. We don't want you running around circles and dribbling. And, you know, you make football look so difficult. And that's what I tweeted out today that I've, you know, I've never known a team to make football look so difficult. We put each other under so much pressure. And the lads at times do really well. You go, wow, well done. Have you got out of that situation? But you shouldn't be in that situation in the first place. And if you're against, you know, a good side, they're just going to sit back and wait for you to make a mistake and pounce. And that's what they did. And you know, going back to the bullying, the, the bullying situation, that's what really, really got to me. Um, we're getting booked for diving. You know, what's all that about? That's not Everton. You know, it's it, it started creeping in over the last year or so of, of our players getting booked for diving. You're in a derby. If you're going to get booked, make it count. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're on the back foot, giving them more space. You're walking into their game plan. You know, clock come out before the game, you know, warn the referee you know, about the physicality and, you know, psychologically, you know, sort of, I think he got into the referees here, you know, and you know, obviously we're shouting and, and screaming for each and every decision and some went against us or a lot went against us. We got the fans up. But Henderson, Thiago's in the referees here all game. I didn't see one blue shirt. I see Alan, but it's too late. 2-0 down, you know. It, that was the it's a derby basics for me you know you've got to get in the referees here you've got to make them force and make a decision but you don't be diving you know if you, we can't even cheat properly you know if you're going to if you're going to try and dive at least try and dive across the player's body they dive the opposite way and you, you're just scratching your head going like this is not Everton this is not us and it's 2-1 we're sort of creeping into it more to Liverpool sitting back a little bit and we started creeping into the game and you just think of, you know hopefully we can sort of snatch a goal here and, 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 and you know get into the game but unfortunately just as Rafa said at the end of the game 
individual errors really, really cost us, not for the first time this season. And, and that's where quality comes down to it. But it's um, a lot of issues going on in our club right now. We were probably expecting that result before the game. You know, we were probably lucky we went 4-0 down after the first 10 or 15 minutes. And you, you sort of, in a way, you give the lads a bit of credit getting back into it. Um, but then just to let it go so easily, um, it's so disappointing again. And you've we've the fourth goal. You know, if you look at it, just one player, Jota, round four blue shirts. You know, he made Alan. You know, Alan went the wrong way. You know, Alan got turned a few times in that game. And, you know, I think Jordan Pickford, you can't really blame him for the goal, to be honest. I was right behind that. He, he hit some venom behind that shot. I think Jordan thought he was going to cross it in, got done in the post. But it's no, it's the start. You know, the ball's free. Coleman doesn't press the ball. And Robertson's got a free pass into the middle. And Jota's standing in between four blue shirts. And then turns Allen, who's chasing him, who could, who could again followed him 15, 20 yards earlier. But Jota was outside the left. He went in the middle and then he come back out onto the left and no one trapped him. And it's all about leadership. It's all about organisation. It's all about Ben Godfrey and Michael Keane screaming, follow your runners. And we had the warning signs from the first 30 seconds when Salah's free twice unmarked in our penalty box. But who's picking him up? Is that it's just man mark him or pass him on? Don't let him be free. You know, good job Jordan Pickford was was on form because, it, you know, it could have been a cricket score at some point. And it's responsibilities. We just don't seem to have the knack to, to have that responsibility to to do our jobs properly. Um, you look at the Twitter timeline today and, you know, people saying that Rafa's talking about too many tactics. You've got people saying, oh, Lucas Dean's been asked to, to sit back. Yeah, I want you to sit back because your job is to defend. Your job is to stop crosses. You didn't stop one yesterday. That's your job as a fullback to stop crosses. Liverpool main threat is going wide, switching play and getting crosses in. Henderson's first goal to cross, we didn't stop it. Can someone just tell me why can't we stop crosses? Stop crosses first, and then when we get forward, get involved with the play. You know, every time we get forward, you know we struggle to cross the ball in because we're under pressure. And if we get a ball in, like like Seamus did uh, in the first half, it's a floaty one because he's under pressure, and you know, and it doesn't put a, a great delivery in. We just seem to just let people, the teams dictate us, get wide and put crosses in. Jota won a header from a set piece. When we were going forward in our corners, you're thinking this is our opportunity to try and you know score a goal. And I don't know how we set up. We had four players standing around their goalkeeper. I don't know how you're going to score the corner when you're all standing together there. Why can't you stand on the edge of the box and run in and meet the ball and do a you know a power header like big dunk back in the day? Who's doing the set pieces? I don't really understand. You know, that way of set piece it's, it's so easy to defend as a defender because you've got to run on the forward players it's, it should be the other way around and we bring everybody back so even when we do win a header like Michael Keane won a few from, from the corners you know, the ball just comes back into play and we've got to defend it two or three times and it's one set piece um, it probably all started from the same bit with Seamus Coleman and Pickford after the first 30 seconds you know not sorting that out and I feel the occasion got to a lot of players. I think it was a lot of nervous players out there. I think Townsend, the occasion of the derby, the noise, I think it got to him for the first 10 or 15 minutes. He looked very panicky, very nervy, giving sloppy balls away, which is not normally him. He's normally quite assured. Um, and I just think the pressure got to a lot of the players and we froze and Liverpool took advantage of that. And That was, that was dis- disappointing to see as a fan. Um, <clears throat> moving forward, we've just got to, keep together as, as a fan base and just get behind the players and well I keep on saying let's get to January but what's going to happen in January you know we probably need six players minimum we're not going to be bringing six players in in January you know we'd, we'd be lucky to bring one or two in um, and then you think of the bigger picture in the summer I don't want to carry on ranting and raving but you've got to be aware that our assets are probably want to move on you know Richardson's has already said he'd give us one more year he might want to move on because we promised him he'll be in Europe. And you know, we don't know about DCL. There's rumours about Pickford moving on. So it's not just about adding to this, this squad right now in this team. It's who can we keep as well. So it's um, very difficult being a Blue right now. Um, got difficult games coming up. Um, but I just feel like, you know, what Rafa's comments, I, I sort of agree with what he had to say, but it's just the way he set it up, I think was, was negative. I, I don't think the way he set up was going to make us win that football game. I think he was just hoping we'd try and counter-attack them and it sort of worked worked against them. And, you know, Delph, 
likeable lump him. You know, I just thought he was the type of derby player who would get stuck in um, and, and forced a hand him without him in the middle of the field, that extra man. I think Liverpool just took advantage and you know Henderson just bossed it and with which is you know, which is a shame for us because it was an opportunity to get our season back on track by putting in a good performance against your arch rivals and we threw that opportunity away. Yeah, Ben, we spoke at length, didn't we, about Everton starting well in the derby given the circumstances. And before Henderson scored after nine minutes, Liverpool could probably have already been 2 0 up. So when Salah made it 2 0 after 19 minutes, it was it was no surprise really, was it? But it was very disappointing that Everton Everton didn't come out the out the blocks fast. Yeah, we spoke about it so many times as a way of potentially losing football games because, look, Liverpool are far superior to us. Uh, the players are far superior. The squad is well better than ours. And I've never felt like the gap is so big as it currently is. However, you've got to put a performance in. Derby days, anything can happen. You, we used to fight. We used to grit again. Determination. Players getting stuck in. Throwing a tackle in. Getting the crowd on side. And it didn't happen. Within the first minute, there was a mix-up between Seamus Coleman and Jordan Pickford who turned off the corner and immediately got the fans backs up going, oh my word, it's going on again. I thought the formation that Rafael Benitez went with initially wasn't the best. I think we were all quite surprised as fans to see Solomon Rondon start the game, who, let, let's be really, had a really good game for his standards. Thought he's one of the, the better players, shall we say. However, if you're going against Liverpool's three of Henderson, Thiago and Fabinho, arguably two unbelievable central midfielders in Thiago and Fabinho, and Henderson played really well. And you're playing with Alan and Decore. Decore's coming back from a recent injury and Alan is he's not really having the best of seasons. For me, I thought he was extremely poor yesterday again. Why aren't we playing three in the middle? We, we spoke about it at length, uh, Mick, yourself and I, about... Let's compact the midfield. Let's stop them playing because they had so much space. And you look at the goals we conceded, it's all individual errors. Like Ballie's quite rightly said and all his points are all extremely valid. Why are we letting the crosses come into the box? Not working as a unit. The formation was everywhere. Tactically, we were completely inept last night. The first goal for Jordan Henderson, if someone like Fabian Delphus sat in the sixth role, literally sat in front of that back four, he would have been exactly where Henderson was clearing it up. They would have, Alan DeCorey was tracking their runners and there was a spare man in the middle and ultimately gets a free shot of goal. It's a great finish. You look at the second goal, um, another comedy of errors. I feel like every goal last night we brought upon ourselves. It wasn't as if they literally created brilliance. It was Lucas Dean gave Salah the, the wing and just completely lacked judgment again. He couldn't work out. He literally had a free run in on goal which he couldn't get back and Lucas Dean this season, another one. I don't know what's going on the past 18 months. And I've said that earlier, I don't like criticising players, but he doesn't look the same player. I don't know if that's in regards to Benitez's tactics or he's been told to do certain things, but he looked slow, he looked lethargic and he wasn't getting forward. And Salah just walked past him, walked past him with the ball. And obviously, you're predominantly slower when you're running with a football. He looks like he had all the time in the world just to take it in the stride and bury one in the top corner. Another great finish, but you can't give someone like Mohamed Salah, a free shot to goal. One of the best players in the world right now. It's, and then we get a goal back to Marty Gray. Great finish. Again, Marty Gray was a really good player. Another, and great, we got back to 2-1. And we had a bit of a go then. 10, 15 minutes. They were on the back foot, Liverpool. And I thought, oh, OK, finally, a bit of fight, a bit of determination, a bit of a will to win. Go forward, have a go. And we, we had a few chances. Decore and a few other players had chances. And then, again, another comedy of errors for their third goal. And, like Bawley said again, it was a free kick to a corner, headed out the front post, a back pass to Coleman, and he intercepted and he threw on goal, solid, and it's a good finish. Maybe Pickford could have done better. But Seamus Coleman, look, again, I don't know how many times you said it now, superb servant to Everton Football Club, brilliant, one of the best buys we've ever done as a football club. But our, our recruitment, Mick, has left Seamus Coleman down because he's not fit enough anymore. His legs are gone. It's simple as that. He, he, he shouldn't be playing as much as he is. We're relying on a 33-year-old right back because we've got nobody else in the team. We've got John Joe Kenny, who's a product of the academy, who, again, in my eyes, isn't good enough. So the inability for the past three, four, five seasons, shall we say, to not bring in a right back. Forget Sadiq, he was a waste of time, but getting a right back in to, to challenge Coleman to ease the burden, we've let him down. 
it's getting nasty towards him. He's getting a lot of feedback and he's a great servant, but he shouldn't be playing for Everton. It's hard to take, Mick. It's really hard to take. I said on the last podcast, we haven't hit rock bottom yet. But I'll tell you now, we are currently at rock bottom. I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, Matt, before the game, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, regarding the formation and the tactics of what sort of team Rafa would put out. And I think I think collectively, we were probably hoping Delph would start, like Baldy said, in like a 4-3-3 formation to almost match up with Liverpool. So were you disappointed that it was almost more of the same from Rafa? Really, really disappointed, Mick. Um, Rafa gave it a big build-up during the week, said this was the game that was going to turn around our season. Well, Rafa should have looked at himself, unfortunately, because it was the game that could have turned around his tenure at Everton. Um, and what he needed to do was he needed to completely rip up what we've been seeing in the last six or seven games because everybody's seen that this system isn't right. We don't get the best out of our players offensively or defensively. And, and to go the way he did last night was, was suicidal. Um, you know, first first and foremost, the first two, three minutes of the game, Liverpool should have been 2-0 up. 2-0 up, they should have been. The marking from the corners, the marking from the crossing with Salah free in the box. You just think, we need a good start in this game. We've got to get a, we've got to get a foothold in this game, put them under a little bit of pressure, at least make them think that they're in a game. And they completely waltzed through through the uh, the midfield or all, all all first 20 minutes all all game really but that system where Decore naturally likes to go forward which leaves Alan by himself in midfield but then he went with two wingers that were so high up it wasn't even a 4411 it this was a full blown 442 with Ta- uh, Rondon and Richarlison right up top and then Townsend and Gray were, were, were well above the two central midfield players and what happened was that when we pressed and I, I've complained about our pressing before I said, I, said, um, I said after the City game we look busy but we're not actually doing anything and it was the same last night watch our press we do not press it's a fake press it's half of us will go and half of us will stay. And what that does is it just means there's loads and loads of gaps for teams to go through. And Liverpool were like, oh, well, you come on to us because the two front men will go and the two wingers will go. Then the two, the two central midfielders didn't know where to, where to go then. So once they got through the, the front four and Decore was sort of all over the place, then it, they, were onto the, they, were, they were onto the back five straight away with a, and it was basically five on five every time. It was scandalous. And the worst thing about it was that it was happening again and again and again and again. And he didn't change it. He didn't change it in the first half. He didn't change it at half time. And the mad thing was he changed it when we were 3-1 down. It took him till we were 3-1 down for him to realise that the midfield was just getting cut apart. Cut apart. And I remember Jamie, Jamie Carragher sort of saying on Sky early in the year, that he couldn't believe Rafa was playing two in midfield. He said when he was at Liverpool, the two central midfielders weren't allowed to vacate the central area. And more than more, most like, likely, they played three. You know, where they've known, you know, a Mascherano and a Xabi Alonso with Gerard, or, or those just two, Mascherano and Alonso, those two would just sit. They wouldn't go anywhere. But the problem we've got is Decore likes to press and he's best box to box, which automatically vacates that area. And then Alan just he either hasn't got the legs, he doesn't have the legs, and his positional play is pretty poor as well. Certainly in that position, I don't think you get the best out of Alan in the number six anyway, because he's got good dribbling ability. And that just left us so, so open. And you can't keep giving teams... 2 nil head starts or even a goal, goal head start it's ridiculous Wolves was the same it was suicidal and that is all on the manager for me um, unfortunately he's lost us points over the last four or five games with his tactical play and I, I just I, I was ripping my hair out watching that last night because this goes it, it's just so weird that Rafa 
is you know he's world renowned for being very tactically sound throughout his career his main sort of tactic has been very very solid and having some flair players up top that give them gives his teams a real threat and at Everton we haven't seen any of that and it's just absolute madness because our team cannot play like we currently are we haven't got the legs we haven't got the energy or the passing ability to play sort of I wouldn't even call it on the front foot but sort of going toe-to-toe with these teams it's not going to work and you cannot give Liverpool two goal head starts you really really can't um the stubbornness of the manager is going to come back and haunt him because the system hasn't been working for six or seven weeks. And I'm absolutely amazed, absolutely amazed he hasn't changed it. This, this system will not work. He can try it all he wants. He can try it for the rest of the season. It will not work. He's going to have to start going three in the middle and he's going to have to start and then three up top in a 4-3-3. Three, three. It's as simple as that. And he had the personnel to do that last night. And that's the most galling thing. For the first time all season, probably, we had three fit central midfielders who could come in and do that job. And that was the most galling part of last night for me. Not not the result, because I I half expected the result. Not for, I didn't expect 4-1, but I, I half expected to get beat. But what I don't expect is for a manager to get you know, he's paid a lot of money and he's got a front Rafa. I mean, he's very confident. You hear him after the game. There's nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with Rafa. It's all to do with the injuries. You know, it's not, Rafa can't do any more. The team can't do any more. We've all got to wait for Calvert-Lewin to come back and everything will be all right. We're winning every week. That's what's going to happen, apparently, according to the manager. I think a little bit of in-house analysis will show Rafa that it's actually him that's getting it slightly wrong. And it's him that needs to start changing his ways, mate. It's interesting, Ben. I mean, after the game, Fahad Mashiri's now came out onto Talk Sport and spoke to his good friend Jim White about Rafa Benitez and that he has trust in Rafa Benitez and that he's going to get time and almost get backed going forward. We've been screaming out for communication from the football club and Fahad Mashiri chooses to go down that route to communicate with the fans. How disappointed are you that that's the method Mashiri has chosen? I was in disbelief today, Mick, when I, when I woke up and seeing that TalkSport had the exclusive via text to Jim White. A text to Jim White on TalkSport, what is that about? As a fan, it just shows to me that Mashiri is just doing what he wants. Literally, why, why can't he use the Everton channel, the Everton platform to, as we've pushed for so many weeks, address the fans properly? Make it sound like you actually want to be the owner of our football club and do it in a way which we can get behind because simply texting your mates on TalkSport isn't the way to do it. To, to, to publicly back a manager by, via text to Jim White is just absolutely abysmal. And for me, it demonstrates a lot. Um, I can't believe that the board haven't advised against this. What, why? How has he been allowed to do this? The, he, surely they talk about how, obviously, to educate the fans, how to advise the fans, how to address the fans. Surely at board level, Mick, they talk about it. Surely they must talk amongst themselves. How can we sort this mess out? What do we have to do to show the fans that we care? And doing that is just completely backfired. Forget Rafael Benitez, because like you quite rightly said, Mick, numerous times to me, what's the point in sacking him? Because we're going to have nobody else to come in. Everton don't do things right. If there was somebody ready to come in play tomorrow, then maybe sack him. But I don't trust Everton to, to, to sack him and bring somebody in. They'll take the time, take another week or two, and it won't work again. And we just go round in this vicious, vicious circle. And he came out again, as Matt quite rightly said, talking about injuries. Last night, we probably had nine out of the 11 starting 11 for me, regardless of Mina and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. They're the two that sat out for me. And to obviously rely on two players being out injured, that's all it was. Two players. It just shows that how inept and what a failure he's been. Mashiri, Brands, Bill Kenwright and Denise Baxendale. It shows that the board are failing. 
you have two injuries to a squad and we can't put a performance together. Now, as Matt said, the tactics weren't great, but they shouldn't change that drastically because at the start of the season, when we were playing a 4-4-2, we looked good. We, we, we were getting results. We were looked as if we were going to score. We had a proper counter-attacking side. Amina wasn't even a part of it at the start, especially when we played Brighton away. It was Michael Keane and Mason Holgate. So, to say that this one player and Dominic Carver-Lewin can change your whole whole mentality of winning is, which I think it's not going to be the way. It's just he's not going to come back, and because he's back, we're going to start winning football games. He's a great player, a great number nine, but he's not going to change it for me. Matt again, nail on the head. Benitez has to look at himself now, um, tactically, because it's not working. We were predominantly in most of the game playing a four-two-four. It was like a four-four-two with high wingers. Made no sense whatsoever. And to come out the next day via a radio station, Mick, is a disgrace. And it shows the issues that Everton fans have with this current crop of ball because they don't understand us as fans and we don't understand them. And I've never felt so distant from this Everton team and Everton board and Everton football club in my life. And something drastically needs to change imminently. And that, that will start by addressing the fans, telling us what is the plan, what, what is it that we have become, what is the financial issues, what is the constraints. Not to publicly back a manager on a, on a radio show, mate. Come on, we're better than that and we deserve more. And it was good to see people were getting frustrated and angry. If you, if you watch the videos online, certain people on the board were getting called out. We don't want anything aggressive. They're just frustrated. We've, we have hit, hit rock, rock bottom now and I don't know where we go. We're not big enough to go down. This reminds me again of Sunderland all over again. No finances, no direction, no plan with a great fan base and they were filling out in the championship 38,000 people. It's this round two so we've got to sort it now. We've got to get a grip of it now and by doing stuff like that in the media it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with Everton fans and it's just a complete, it's just, just laughing at us, mate, to be honest. So I don't know what your opinions are of it, but for me, I think it was a disgrace and it's not the way that I want to be addressed by our football club owner. Mm, yeah, Bawley. Another thing that happened after the game at Goodison Park was a, a fan ran on the pitch and confronted the players. He actually looked like he was heading towards Seamus Coleman, Abdullah Decore, but ultimately ended towards Anthony Gordon. As a former professional, have you ever encountered something like that? And when something like that does happen at a, at a club, do the board now need to come out and try and address the situation and almost calm things down? Yeah, look, it's 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 difficult. You don't want fans to be coming on the pitch. You know, it was part of the time when uh, Niarco uh, at Arsenal away, and it's just fans showing frustration, um, looking at players, feeling like they're not doing their jobs. And unfortunately, the players are going out trying their best. Um, they're working hard, and you know, if you look at Rondon, he was running a lot yesterday. Um, Rafa's come out and said, Well, he, he started slow at Newcastle, and, and this is what we're going to get from him. Um, it's still not good enough, we're still nowhere near the level. That's what we've been shouting out for the last 10 or 12 games. We're still running close people down, not just do it for uh, for the derby game. Um, but anyway, about the fans' reaction, look, we were all frustrated. Um, you know, Marcel Brown's got pulled. He, he made comments whether he should have engaged it or not is, is another question. Um, the players know straight away they've let everyone down. Um, but it wasn't the lack of trying. The last two games, they've, they've tried to just lack in quality and direction the way they've been set up. Um, I'm hearing small whispers that they weren't happy with the manager's tactics, whether that's true or not. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. But Football's about just looking after yourself and, and doing your own job. And when you can hold your own and win your battle, help your teammates. And unfortunately, I don't think we won one battle. Um, besides probably Jordan Pickford, the rest, you know, couldn't really get into the game. And what the lads said, what Matthew said about Rafa being stubbornness in that middle, it was obvious, I think, from everyone that we need that extra man in midfield. Um, I said it early on in the piece, but we've had injuries, and as Ben said. We've only got two main guys out. You know, we've had a lot of tweaking and uh, formation changes. We've had no stability. If you look at them a lot across the park, you know, they had a couple of injuries last year. They lost six home games on the bounce. And, you know, their world sort of fell apart for chasing back-to-back titles and stuff. But we've just got to sort of calm the storm a little bit. And 
the, the issues are is everywhere in our football club right now. There's people moaning about recruitment. There's people moaning about tactics. People moaning about the quality of players. And they're not going to come out and say we've got hundreds of millions to spend because then we know what happens. They've done that before. Everyone around us up the price, put another zero on it. And also daft enough to pay it uh, for average players. They try to be cute in the summer, um, bringing in a few requirements in. Um, there was money in the summer that they never spent on fullbacks. And then you got the hammers money. So the art is going to get backed in January. But as I said earlier, we're going to need a lot more than two or three players to turn it around. We were pretty happy. Majority on this podcast saying that starting 11s is pretty okay. I was really against it, to be honest. I thought, yeah, it's okay when they, everyone plays top of the game. But we haven't seen enough of that. Carlo Ancelotti had a better squad, a better team than what we see right now. And even he said, I'm not a magician. You know, so what we can expect from Rafa Benitez, he needs to find a solution with these group of players, how can get the best out of them. And this is what he's failing at. Um, I, I can't, you know, put all the issues down to Rafa, but it's he needs to find a solution to get the best out of these players because what we're seeing week in and week out, it's not working. Um, and you know, I'd rather play ugly forward and just try and graph games until we find a solution, a better way of playing nice football. There's not, but playing the ball backwards and sideways and putting our teammates under pressure. And all that does is just give everyone else, the opposition, confidence to have a go with them because we've got no heart there. We've got no um, no leaders in the squad and, and opposition smell that. Fans' frustration is always going to be worse than Derby. Um, and the way it went, a lot of probably fans expected a cricket score. It could have been a cricket score. Um and fans are just trying to show their frustrations to the board and the players that we they want more. Um, but there's not much we can do right now. We're not in January. We've just got to ride this storm together. Um, I thought the fans were fantastic before the game. Uh, and during the game, get behind the lads. And it's going to be difficult. Uh, but as a player, an ex-player, you just want the fans to back you. And our fans will, you know. And it's sort of a chicken and egg situation because what will hurt the board is the fans not turning up. But as a player, I want the players, I want the fans there each and every week to to up to keep me on my toes and make sure I play the top of my ability so we can try and get results and turn this you know, horrible poor run we're in. Uh, rather when the fans start disappearing, that's when finger pointing excuses start happening. Players can point at the board. What's happening upstairs is, is ruining my head. I can't focus on football. The manager is too concerned about his job. And then there's, there's more excuses for the players. The players have had excuses under so many managers, this group of lads. Uh, I just want them to focus, get the players, get behind them. And just fingers crossed, we can try and grab a few points between now and, and now on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, and that, that's it as a player's point of view. We just want the fans there. And fingers crossed, the, the fans do that. Uh, but the board needs to start listening. Machine needs to start listening. What he's done today, I think, is pathetic. And it's not the first time. I think he's been warned by board members in the past that stay off the red wine and stop texting Jim White. And he decides, you know, it's his football club. He can do what he wants. That's It's not Everton, mate. It's not. They've got a whole media team there. They've got the proper channels to do it, uh, to put out statements. And and it's, it's a put out statements of a plan. You know, we don't want to know the ins and outs of what's going on, but who's making the signings? Who's making decisions? Because I think, I don't think they know. I think that's why they're keeping quiet. You know, I think Brands has his say. I think Ken Wright has his say. The manager has his say. When you bring big managers in, they want their players. So you've got to back him. You know, I think Carlo got backed. You know, Allardyce got back with 40 plus million. We've given Rafa 1.7. You know, Mashiri wants the big names. You know, he wakes up one day, he's impulsive. So I think the problem is they've all to blame because they're all having their little say here and there. And that's not a way to run a business. It's, it's like, in employing someone who's supposed to know what type of players suit in our football club and trust him to bring him in. And then if it doesn't work, it's very easy to finger point. I'm sorry, it hasn't worked, move on. But I think at this moment in time, there's so many of them making decisions that they're all to blame and they can't all sack themselves. So it's it's very, very difficult right now. And I think it needs to be streamlined. It needs to be out there that I think this season, we knew in the summer, that this season was going to be a difficult one for Rafa and for us. And we just had to sort of survive and fingers crossed we can get round Europe and then go again following some with the financial fair play over us. But we're looking over our shoulders now and it's getting getting worrying. And you just hope that we don't start overspending in January on 
you know, the riffraff that we bought in the past. We're trying to chase for European spots and we're buying subs and players who can't even get in squads in, in teams in and around. It's like Arsenal say, you've got both Cotton and Iwobi. And we paid over the price for them who couldn't get into a struggling Arsenal side. And we expect them to be our key players and get ahead of them. It, it doesn't, it, you don't have to be rocket science to figure out that's not going to work. You might get the odd, the odd player here and there that makes a difference, a fresh start. And, but we've got history of, 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 of buying lazy scout, and I call it because they're at a decent club. You think they're a good player and it'll suit us. The amount of Barcelona reserves we bought, Arsenal, Man United reserves. Because they've had a sort of a good school and whatever, it doesn't mean they're going to be the right fit for Everton. So we've got to be a lot wiser and trust our whole scouting department, not just someone sitting in an office just going off a whim. Um, we've got a lot of good lads in the scouting department, a lot of data analysis analysis there to, to pick and choose who's going to be the right fit for us. But I just don't feel that they're all in sync. I just feel that they're scouting for weeks and weeks on certain players and all of a sudden there's sort of like a, wake up one more and oh no we're going to go buy him instead and there's no thought behind it and this is where we are but we've got players who are nowhere near the level on big money we've got players who like Mina right now you know we're talking about Mina's new contract coming up does he deserve one? probably not now I don't think he does but then the issue is we need to get money for him then before he runs his contract down and if he gives him a new contract he's going to have more years and more money than what he's currently on I don't think he deserved it. You know, he's been here three or four years coming up for the World Cup again. Um, unfortunately, 18 months ago, you would have said there's no way no way near he deserves it to stay at this football club. But now he's probably our best centre-half when he's fit. But unfortunately, he's not fit enough. And when he was fit, you know, we, we weren't the best side in the league then either. So it's, where's our ambitions? Where, where do we want to actually go? Where do we want to be focused from? And that's where you want the board to, to start going, look, we're really going to be challenging for Europe. If so, we need to bring the right personnel in, we need to bring the right players in to do that, not just the ones and twos and, and so it's a two or three year period they're going to be fighting for. We've got a stadium to look forward to. What's the point of having a stadium if your team's hopeless? Bawley, sticking with you, it was a Merseyside derby that in reality was men v boys. No wins since <laughs> September now for Rafa Benitez. Two points, in fact, from the last 24 available. Two goals scored in the last five games. At what point do you think the board will maybe look at Rafa Benitez and think the time has come, it's going to have to be you know, time to cut the cord? Because ultimately, is Rafa Benitez getting the best out of this current team, current crop of players? What are your thoughts on that? No, I don't think he is. Um, but, you know, he's had a lot to deal with. We, we know that we, you know, we've had games where we've had six or seven first teamers out and he's had to shuffle things around a lot. There's been a few question marks. The Brentford substitution, just bringing one substitution on when we were crying out for another striker, another body in the box. That's gone against him. I think the way he's set up in the derby, playing two. And as I said earlier, we got out bullied. You can get outclassed by good footballers and good play. That's fair enough. But don't be getting out bullied. And we, we got out bullied in the midfield because they had an extra man. We didn't win one second ball. That's a derby. A derby is to win a second ball at every opportunity. That gets the crowd going. And you win one, you can win another one and it gets the, the momentum going and you can start sort of feeling your way into your team, into the game. And we never won one. And that was really, really tough for me to, to watch and take. And you're just thinking, just they, they know exactly what they're doing here. and We're not letting them uh, do that. And uh, why Rafa let it carry on that way? Um and I feel because we went to it was two one at half time, he was probably pretty happy with the formation, thinking, "Oh, we're in it now, we can get back into the game." But as the lad said, we could have been four five one down by that point. It wasn't working, and it was only a matter of time that you know they were going to score goals. And yes, it was a mistake, but you can't dominate teams for ninety minutes. And we got a little 10, 12 minute period where we were sort of getting into the game a little bit. But Liverpool just soaked that pressure up, counter attacked us, and, and it was gone. The point system: two out of twenty four. Terrible, two goals, terrible. Um, so Rafford needs to have a look at himself and he needs to look at their squad and find a solution. That's what he's getting paid for. He, he said it in his own comments when he comes to the football club. My job is a coach to get the best out of these players. Um, yes, he would like to bring new players to the football club, but his main job is a coach and make these players better. Have we seen an improvement since he's been here? I, I don't think so. Even early on in the season when we were picking up points, you know, we were struggling at times. And I think Ben said it before, we were 
dictating it with, with a 4-4-2. I don't think we were. I thought it was only when we brought Gomez on in one game that it, it made a bit of a difference. Um, we kept on going goals down. It took, it took us to sort of the opponents to score against us before we woke up and started playing. And it was only sort of their tiredness that we, we end up with a football games and yeah, the quality we were playing but, but, was poor. Um, and that was us with the majority of the st- strongest level we, we, we had possible. But moving forward, the games we've got ahead, the lads have just got to brush themselves off. Um, it's gone. What's happened from that from the start of the season now is gone. And as a player, um, there's nothing you can do about it besides focus on the next game and do your utmost and find a solution to play better and make sure you come off that pitch with some points on the board. There's no point, no crying over what's gone on. Um, it's gone. Footballers are used to it mentally. You've just got to forget about it and move on and try and get your confidence and belief back in your next game coming up. And we've got enough, another tough game. And they're the easiest games to get up for. The tough ones against good opposition who were informed. They're the ones that you, you're going to be switched on more. Um, so I expect another reaction. But I expect us to try and have more quality going forward. I wouldn't say quality, more idea going forward. I think our forward play is very, very predictable. Um, I seen Rafa's on the sideline when you know went to Sheamus and went back to Michael Keane and went forwards to Rondon and we're trying to play off the striker. It's so easy to defend. It's obvious you're sitting there in the stand going, "Well, I can spot what's going on here." What you couldn't spot is Liverpool switching the play that quick because he had the extra man. As soon as Everton pressed, as Matthew said, they were the sort of on the lazy press, running chasing causes. Liverpool are setting up traps. And we were, we were running straight into them traps and they were just switching the play to the free man, whether it was Manny on one side or Jota on the other side, and then the full-backs bomb on. We don't have a, an, a solution going forward. It seems to just think, well, we'll give it to Gray and Townsend and hopefully they can magically do something. Give it to Richards and hopefully you can do something. Look, you'd only get a couple of opportunities like that in the game, Max, you know, against a team, you know, probably unsettled or whatever. But, you know, Premier League, we've got to have a, an identity going forward. What is our style of play? And I feel at this moment, but because of the injuries, because of the change of formation, we seem to be all over the place. Um, and it's up to Rafa, the coaching staff, to find a solution, find a style of play of which 11 players are going to go win this football game. That's what we want to see as fans. We want to see us try and go win football matches. Now, the Brentford one, the lads tried, but last five minutes against Brentford, passing the ball backwards and sideways. You know, Put, put bodies in the box, you know, just make it difficult for them. I mean, we just make it easy for the opposition far too often. Um, we don't seem to smell blood enough. And that's what's really just our game management at times has always let us down for the numerous years. And we do it at, at, on occasions. And you think the lads have got it. The lads have got the desire, the commitment and the game management. And then they throw it out the window the following week. So it's difficult, mate. It's a difficult situation. Um, but I feel Rafa does need time. You know, I don't think he's the solution, but I don't think sacking him is going to help us as a club moving forward. I honestly don't. Um, you know, we can bring in, say, Duncan short-term period again. Is that going to help us move forward as a football club? If Duncan comes in and then, you know, if everyone stays there, does Duncan come in and Marcel makes all the decisions so everyone knows what's going on. Uh, at this moment of time, I think Rafa wants his players. You can have Marcel wants his players. You've got Mashiri wants his players. Is that the way forward? Look, I don't know. No one knows what, what the answer is, but it's up to Rafa to get the best out of this this squad of players you know, up till Boxing Day because near the end of the season, um, the run into the end of the season, we've got this tough run again. So we need to start picking up points now and soon as soon as possible. You know, I think Boxing Day onwards, we've got a, a bit of a kind run of fixtures, but, you know, our confidence could be shot. You know, we could be down in the bottom bottom four it comes to that point. So the pressure will be on to pick up points and we need to start picking up sooner rather than later because our running uh, to the end of this season's fixtures are the same as they are now. Very, very difficult. So we don't want to be holding on to points at that time um, because you you'd only probably think of the worst. Matt, touching on Rafa Benitez, you said pre-game that you wanted Rafa Benitez to make us hard to beat and have a style of play that we could identify, especially for a Merseyside derby. And I know at times Everton tried to press the ball, but it was almost in in little groups. It was one maybe press and a two would press. And I know you've questioned it a little bit since Rafa Benitez has arrived. You were always thinking when he arrived, you know what, we're going to be hard to beat and we're going to be well coached, well drilled, maybe not have much going forward, but would be a tough nut to crack. 
And okay, it was men v boys against Liverpool. But every time Liverpool went forward, they looked like they could score, couldn't they? Yeah, for me, this is the biggest disappointment. Um, and the drop-off shouldn't be so bad. From I know we've had injuries, but the drop-off underlying numbers and stuff like that from, I think, United game have been dramatic, really, really dramatic. And to not sort of adjust things and stop that slide is is also really, really worrying, like I touched on before. You know, the, the, Benitez is a massive, he's a symptom of the massive illnesses that are our Everton football, our Everton football Club at the minute. You know, he, he didn't, you know, he's only brought in two, three players. Um, you know, he, he didn't assemble this squad. You know, he didn't sack five managers in six years or whatever. But don't get away from the fact that this Everton side looked really, really poorly coached at the minute. Really poor. They don't look like a side that's cohesive. They don't look like a side that know their roles. You know, I remember Andros Townsend saying that what Rafa does is everybody knows their role in the team. Everyone knows what they need to do. This this side haven't got a clue. They have not got a clue. They were all running around like Hitler's chickens last night. Nobody knew where they needed to be. And a ball is you know, touched on it brilliantly there for me on the, on the style of play and the patterns of play. What are they, what is this team being coached? Because there's absolutely nothing other than we'll, you know, smash it forward and hope to play off Rondon. That is, you know, this, this, we know this, the, you know, the failings and the weaknesses of this team, but there's better ways to do it than that. And this team should be able to play better than that. And Rafa, as an experienced coach, should know that we need to do more. We need to do more going forward. You know, we scored one goal in November. You know, I know we scored last night, but let's let's be frank about it. It's, I thought Liverpool, you know, they only switched off for about 10 minutes before, the, you know, the first half whistle went. Um, and that gift us a goal. I didn't think we looked like scoring at all throughout the game. Thought we were absolutely toothless. Um, you know, nobody runs in behind. Everything's short. You know, long balls. Really, really hopeless. Um, and what it's doing is it's causing all sorts of fractions on the pitch in terms of we're losing the ball in key areas because players just don't know what to do, whether it's a lack of movement or not understanding their role. You know, and, and it catches up on you these little mistakes, you know, Townsend nearly, you know, left us in, in the mud within the first 10 minutes. There was those types of little short passes and the great, I mean, I'm not making excuses for Coleman here, but the great pass to Coleman was, was dreadful. You know, the weight of the pass where it hit, you know, that's a simple ball back to Coleman and then Coleman should be getting it straight back into their box. And it's just little things like that. And, I always go back to it. The basics of football, teams at the top of the league do the basics right and we aren't doing any of the basics of football right. And going back to Rafa, yeah, it, I think for me, this is the last two games have been real eye-openers for me. I thought I, I thought we were back to some way, you know, a team, I thought we looked like a team against Spurs. I thought, all right, we've got back We've had a blip, but now we're going to be solid again. We're going to look like a team and we'll be all right. And we've just fallen back into the old habits again. All right, we can write City off. I thought Brentford, we were exactly the same as we were last night against Brentford. It's just that Brentford aren't anywhere near as good as Liverpool. We're so one-dimensional going forward. Um, we can't sustain any sort of attacks. And that, for me, comes down to the I, sort of structure of the midfield. It doesn't allow us to retain the ball and recycle it. And it's really, really, it's just, you know, all of Rafa's hard work, all the team's hard work in the first seven, eight games to sort of set us up for a good season has well and truly gone. That is all gone. We are in a perilous position. If, and it's obviously this is very hypothetical, if all the teams, if the teams below us all win, from 17th on Saturday or Sunday, we go into Monday's game 
17th in the league. This The drop-off has been dramatic. And unless we start picking up points, like Bawley said, we're going to be, even when we the, the so-called easier games come up, and by the way, we've had plenty of these so-called easier games in this run. You know, Brentford, Wolves, Watford. That's nine. That should be that should be at least seven points for Everton in those games when we've got none. So don't take these these runs, these easy runs. They, they don't exist. They certainly don't exist with this Everton side because every game we're making really, really hard at the minute. And we've just got to try and find a way to get Back to basics, and we've got to start using the Goodison crowd. Got to start using the Goodison crowd. Monday night, that place has got we. The fans are fantastic. Your Rafa keeps saying we've got to have the fans. We've got to the, listen, Rafa. The fans turn up every week. It's the team that don't turn up, and we've got to go. We've got to turn up on Monday and put Arsenal under. Make it just horrible for them. Absolutely horrible. I remember Koeman was on this sort of run in his first season, and Arsenal came to us. And they were, this was, that was a much better Arsenal side than the one now. And we made it horrible for them. And we won that game and that got our season back on track. And that's the only thing you can hold on to right now, that Monday night is going to be the night that we try and turn this pathetic season and run back round and try and get away from the bottom of the table. Matt, just sticking with you. Do you now fully expect Rafa Benitez to change to a, a 4-3-3, given it's one win in 11, obviously two goals in five? Do you expect now Rafa to show some flexibility? Because at the moment, a lot of fans are, are thinking that he's a bit stubborn, stuck in his ways. So do you think Rafa has to adapt now and think, you know what, I've got to try something different? You know what, mate, this is an interesting one, because I think if you'd have asked, asked me this, if Rondon had gone off, fit last night I think the answer would have been no I don't but he has got the opportunity now to potentially naturally just go into that 4-3-3 because with Rondon playing he, he likes to play Richarlison off off him and, and I, I actually fully agree with him there that Richarlison does look better when he's when, he, when he's got a target man with him but with no Rondon, you don't see, there's no natural striker that you can see him play. And I don't think he'll play Tossum, um, which leaves him with Richardson up front. And then he can go Gray and Townsend or Gray and Gordon alongside them. And then he can play his three in midfield. Potentially, Andre Gomez coming back into the fold, or the, certainly the squad, hopefully soon, means that he can, have, he can bring in that sort of third midfielder and then have another one on the bench you know and it's for me it's easy it's, it's much easier for, 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 for in a team in our position it's much easier to start with a solid platform like like that with three in midfield with Delph with Decore and Alan all in midfield it's much easier to go from that and then after 65 minutes change it up to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-2-2 like last night then suddenly after 20 minutes realizing that you're up the creek and two nil down and then 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 where do you go because you, you you know if suddenly after 25 30 minutes you realize it's not going very well you've then got to bring him take an attacker off and bring a midfielder on you know that's you know the Goodison crowd are then going to get on your back which doesn't which which will then translate onto the team also, you've got if you look at our side, what who's our biggest, who's our most influential player on that on that in that team at the minute? You know, excluding Calvert Lewin, our most influential player is by far Abdullah Kore. And he ha- he is so much better when he plays further forward or has the freedom to roam in the box. There's no point of having Decore putting fires out, is that having Alan and Delve holding slightly and putting Decore slightly further forward would benefit this team so much more. Being solid, get back to basics, that should be the way forward. Whether he'll do that, I don't know, because he hasn't played any... He's played exactly the same system all season, essentially. Um, we haven't actually seen huge amounts of the 4-4-2. 
I think four four two is what what he normally does defensively. That's normally the defensive shape the four four two. But going forward, it it does seem to go go to a four two three one. Certainly when a Wobi plays. Um, but listen, listen, he cannot keep the same system. He can't. If he unless he wants to get the sack. If he wants to sack, carry on playing the same system. If not, change it up. Simple as that. Borley, we've spoke about leaders so many times on so many different episodes. How important is it now that key players stand up and be counted? Because ultimately, we can talk about the board all we like and we talk about Rafa Benitez all we like, but the only people that are going to win his games at the moment and get, her out, get us out of this mess are the players. And the likes of Richarlison and Luca Dean are coming in under <clears throat> heavy criticism due to their lack of form and almost lack of fight, some Evertonians are now saying. How important is it that these guys now, these full internationals now step up for Everton and drag us out of this? Massively. Um, but how many times have we asked the question, you know, can they do it? I said earlier, they, they do it for the odd one or two games and we think we've turned the corner and then they go and throw it away the, the next game. We're going through a, a terrible time right now. Um, and leaders get thrown about. It's not about screaming and shouting. Um, it's about being brave. It's being your back four, playing further five, six, seven yards further forward. So it gives the chance for Alan to break the play. And if he breaks the play, you know, we're further up the pitch. He gives the opportunity to call to get up the pitch a bit more to help the, you know, get in the box when the wingers get the ball. You know, I think with the Brighton game, I think it was ridiculous amount of crosses that we put in, but there was only one played in the box each and every time. Um, and that's what I mean by being leaders. Be a bit brave, push yourself. You know, if you're Michael Keane, play five or six yards further forward. Push your midfield further forward. So when And if we win a second ball, we're further up the pitch to hit the opposition. Um, making decisions better. Um, the quality of crosses has been very poor. If you look at Coleman yesterday, he, you know, he, Van Dyke is there and he, he, sho- he shoved the ball, you know, soft and, and lobbed a, a cross in you know it's so difficult as a forward player to get your head get on the end of one of them you want it whipped in on the floor and cause them problems and if you've got bodies there someone can come from midfield and get a toe poke on it so it's when you get in the right areas Rafa will analyse every incident of that game yesterday um, and, and every game and, and he'll be able to criticise each and every player's individual mistakes but that's fine and we, the players will see that and hopefully they won't do it again. But it's the way they're getting set up, I feel is wrong. And as Matthew said, then it's the same system's not working. We might have a few glimpses in the games here and there, but it's not enough. It's not winning us football games. It's not even getting us a draw. So the system needs to change. Um, our belief going out of football games to try and win the game. You know, it feels like we're when we're going forward. I don't see any link-up players, I said earlier on. You know, we've been lucky in the past where you see the Baines and Pienaar, you know, on one side. You know, I, I can't see anything there. You know, who's our link-up play? You know, it's, it's Coleman and Townsend. It just seems to be we'll, we'll try and find, figure out the solution ourselves. That needs to be work on Finch Farm. Look, when we're in this position, this is what we need to do. It's all about coaching, you know, and, and you know, I don't really want to say, but if you look at them like over there, when, when Klopp walked in, he raised the standard of them players because he had a, he had a way of playing how he wanted to play and try to implement implement it straight away. And he said, "Look, it's not just about money bringing players in; it's about coaching." And that's what Rafa's getting paid for: coach the players. So when Coleman gets the ball, where's our movement? Where do you want them? And you want two or three options. And you think fingers crossed, a good player picks the right solution there and then. When the opposition you know, might cut one solution off, you know that the second option's there. And the other side with Digne going forward. When he does get forward, just put the cross in. He keeps on taking extra touches and he's not putting it in there because there's no one in the box. And if I was him in that position, I'll just put the ball in and go, look, this is what I'm going to do. If I get in this situation, this part of the pitch, my first thought is getting the ball out of my feet. I'm going to whip it in. So break your next to get in the box. This is what I'm going to do. So everyone's on the same hymn sheet. I feel when we're in possession, which we're not very good at, it's sort of like a hit and hope going on. We're just sort of seeing one option and just pass it to him. Hopefully he can get us and make something happen. Um, we haven't got the quality like Hammers did. You know, we've seen that the best of him when he did play. You know, every time he got the ball, we had movements because we knew he had the quality to find one of our forward players and, 
and that was successful for us. But right now we haven't got that quality. So we need coaching. The players need a, a solution of when we're going forward, this is what we're going to do. Townsend's going to you know, chop back inside. He's going to whip it in. So th- there's your market. There's your market for your midfield runners and your forward players to get across the centre-half, your midfielders to, to, to break the lines and get them make that extra man into the box. That's what we want to see. And we're not seeing it enough. Um, and that's what, you, that's what you need to win football games. You can't just hope that the opposition are going to make a mistake and they're, and they're going to counter-attack it. Our set pieces need to improve a lot. Um, we don't seem to have that willingness to, to, you know, to, to win the ball. As I said earlier, at the start of the podcast, I want me, me big guys to be on the edge of the box, make a move, but you make the run first and then you've got the momentum then to out-jump the opposition. And we're standing, we're standing on the goalkeeper. I don't get how you're going to you know, score a goal when you're, you're a yard off the goal line and there's four years in a row. I don't, really, I don't understand that set piece. They've obviously worked at it and it must work in training. But you're not against opposition who are trying to throw the bodies in the way to stop you doing that. Um, so there's a lot of tweaks, a lot of work needs to happen at Finch Farm for, for Raffin and the coaches start to implement the, into these players. But when we you know, get the ball going forward, what is our passage to play? What are we trying to do? Because at this moment in time, it's sort of like a hit, a hit and hope at this moment in time. It doesn't seem to be any link-up play properly. Um and when it does get cut off, it's backwards and sideways, and it's just a, a lump, and we're hoping for the mistake. So it's 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 not nice to see. Um, so yeah, it's big pressure on the boys. Um, but as Matthew said, Goodison, fingers crossed, will be rocking again uh, because the players need the fans, and uh, we'll all be there in their numbers. And hopefully, the players can start reacting and put in performances and get some points on the board and turn our season around. And that's all we've got time for. Everton suffer their heaviest. Home derby defeat in 39 years. And Everton are now also on their worst run in the Premier League for 22 years. We will be back Monday with all the talk and all the match analysis from Arsenal's trip to Goodison Park, which you would imagine is a must-not-lose for Rafa Benitez's Everton side. In the meantime, Everton won, Liverpool four, a nightmare on Goodison Park, at Goodison Park, should I say. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you Monday. Take care and all the very best. Thank you.